Welcome to Living Love, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. Most holy God, we need you so badly. Father, I don't know what's going on in the lives of everybody in this room. I'm not sure we'd have enough time to sit down and go through it all, but God, you do. And God, you know the heart cries of your people. But God, you have, in your infinite wisdom, have put us here on this earth to do life with one another. So Father, this morning as we seek your face, your comfort, God, will you please remind us that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us, God, also let us know that we are not alone on this earth. Father, help us to be open when we have life going on. And may we never be in such a hurry that we aren't able to listen to what's going on in someone's life. God, to you be the glory, great things you have done. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, last week we got to come together and we, I, I enjoyed the week. Um, it was a 74-minute long uh, worship service, but we only had one of them. So really, I saved the church a good 55 minutes. And so, um, good time fellowshipping in here, good time fellowshipping back there. Uh, launched a new sermon series entitled, Next. We, we, we celebrated great things God has done, but we we're also able to say, hey, I, when we get 10 years down the road, I, th- I, think it's, I, think it's, I think we can be in agreement that 10 years down the road, we don't want to look back over 10 years, and the best thing that happened 10, was 10 years ago. I, th- I think we want to celebrate God continuing to move in the life of this church, but also in the life of his church. Which, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are part of the church of God, the universal church of God. And so when we talk about what's next, we do so in kind of in two categories. I I think over the next number of weeks, we'll be able to talk about, hey, what's next for Emmanuel Baptist Church? What's next for this, this body of believers? But there's something else that's implied and, and it's kind of the question, what's next for you? And what's next for me? See, I'm, I'm of the mindset that the last step we take in our walk with the Lord is the last breath we take here on earth, and then we step into heaven, into the presence of a holy God. Until that day comes, we have other steps to take. So you have not already taken your last step and you're waiting for life to be over. You should constantly be taking steps as you follow after Jesus. Because you can't follow someone without moving. Because I'm here to tell you this, 
God does not stand still. Instead, he calls us to journey with him. And I believe that's what he's calling you individually. I believe that's what he's calling me, but I think that's also what he's calling us as a church. We were able to focus in on a couple things last week. We talked about the motivation that God has already given us that is rooted in the love that we should have for him and have for other people. And the way that we talk about that here at Emmanuel Baptist Church is we want to, love, we want to live love for God and for others. The mission that God has given this church is the mission that God has given every church, I believe. God has called every church to make followers of him. Not to make followers of a pastor, not to make followers of a movement, not to make followers of a belief system, but to be followers of Jesus. There is no one else worth following than Jesus and Jesus alone. And so with the motivation that God has given us, with the mission that he has established, we're able to kind of focus in on the, the how are we going to carry that out here at Emmanuel. And, and we landed on this as our vision. At Emmanuel, we want to make, mature, and multiply followers of Jesus as we live love for God and for others. When you came in this morning, you might have been given a decal. Anybody get a decal this morning? If you didn't get a decal this morning, there will be a group of guys at the back as you leave that will hand one out to you. And it's a, it's, you, you can see kind of the emblem right there. This is, this is just a conversation starter for you to have. The, the M3 stands for the making, maturing, and the multiplying of followers of Jesus. When people come up to us and say, hey, hey what are you about as a follower of Jesus? Man, I want to bring people along for the ride as we walk with Jesus, and I want the number to get as big as possible. Kirk, are you telling me you're about, about numbers? Absolutely I'm about numbers because God's about numbers. God wants heaven to be larger than it is right now. I believe that with my whole heart. I don't want to be satisfied with the size of heaven. When I leave this earth, I want to have seen heaven increase and hell decrease. Because I want to see followers made. I want to see followers matured. And I want to see followers multiplied. As we love God and as we love the world around us. And so this morning, we begin this journey as we look at, man, what, what does it look like to make mature and multiply followers of Jesus? And maybe we begin with that first one, making followers of Christ. And we talk about making followers of Jesus. Here, here's where our emphasis is, is that we believe that people can only experience life change when they follow Jesus. Now, the world might try to peddle different kinds of life change. But at the end of the day, there's only one life change worth experiencing. And that's the one that comes as you follow after Christ. You could try to do things the world's way. You can have the greatest job on the planet. You can have a family that looks great from the outside. But those things are incapable of drastically altering the course of your eternity. Only one can do that, and his name is Jesus. And that is the reason why Jesus came, was to bring people to himself, was to seek and to save lost people. And so when we talk about making followers of Jesus, we acknowledge that people can only experience life change when they follow after him. I, I love that you're here this morning. 
But Emmanuel Baptist Church cannot be your life change. Only Jesus can be your life change. Because he's the only life change worth happening. So having. So th- this morning we kind of, th- this is kind of the question that we look at is, hey, so what does it look like to make followers of Jesus? Next implies that you need to take steps in your life. But if I'm going to be completely honest, for some people today, I do not believe you need to take a next step. I believe you need to take a first step. See, if you've never placed your faith and hope in Jesus Christ, you don't need to be concerned with the next step. You need to be concerned with the first step. So in all reality, your next step is your first step. And your first step is this. Can you answer the question, am I following Jesus? Or when you answer that question, what is your response? If your response is yes, we're going to get to you here in just a little bit. But every single person in this room needs to be able to answer this question. Because I'm telling you, in the scheme of eternity, everyone is going to answer this question. Someday you will stand before a holy God and you will be judged not based on what you did, but what happened to you. Did Jesus happen to you or did Jesus not happen to you? And if Jesus did not happen to you, if there was not a time in your life to where you committed to following after him and were radically changed by the grace of God, then you will receive the devastating news of depart from me, I don't know who you are. Your first step is to answer this question, am I following Jesus? In Matthew chapter 28, we've looked at, the, we've looked at those verses a number of times. But Matthew 28, verses 18 starts out where Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that, that, under, that, I, that, that concept that we get there is the as you go, you should try to lead people to follow after Jesus. Because that is what we want to do. We want to make followers of him And it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, I've highlighted the word baptizing for a reason. Not because I believe that baptism is what saves. In no way, shape, or form do I believe that baptism saves you. But I believe that if you're following after Jesus, then the first natural step in your life will be to go public with your faith through believer's baptism. It's an element of obedience, but it's not an element of salvation. The moment that you cry out to God from your sinfulness and say, God, I am a sinner in desperate need of you, save me. The Bible says clearly that you will be saved. And church, that is good news to hear. But you have to ask yourself, this is a conversation that only you and God can have. Parents, you can't answer this question for your kids. Adults, someone else can't answer this question for you. Your spouse doesn't know the right answer to this question. Only you and God can land on the truth of this. Am I following Jesus? The answer is either yes or the answer is no. There's not another answer. And only truly in your heart of hearts... Do you know that answer? Now, I don't want you to think for a moment that I'm trying to remove language like we're not going to call ourselves Christians anymore. I, I have no problem calling myself a Christian. But know this, there are a lot of people that have attached that title to their name. 
that title to their person. And they believe that they are a Christian mainly because they call themselves a Christian. But truly, when we look at what it means to be a child of God, it is not a title that we attach to ourselves. Really, it's a title that God attaches to us. As we follow after Jesus, yes, it is important that you know God, but even more so, it is important that God knows you. Are you known as one of his? Am I a follower of Jesus? And it's in this moment that I think we look at some words that we tend to elevate and realize we've probably elevated certain words above others. And one word I think we've elevated in the church above others is we have elevated the word leadership above the word followership. See, it's not abnormal for me to try to have conversations with my kids and to say something like, hey, don't be a follower, be a... Oh, come on. Some of you parents are lying. You're like, I've had that conversation with my kids. Don't be a follower, be a leader. And what, what are you saying as a parent? Hey, don't just blindly follow people. Be willing to be the individual that stands out on a ledge all by yourself if, if it's the ledge that you need to stand out on. But really, when it comes to this relationship that we have with God, who in the room is willing to raise their hand and say that you would be better at leading God than he is at leading you? I was just waiting. We're going to have conversations after church. No one in this room is better at being a leader than God is. But what is the greatest thing that I could ever probably have attached to my name? The greatest characteristic that I could ever be known, be known as is being a follower of Jesus. Now, let me run through just the, the Jesus calling people to follow him. It's, just, it's all throughout Scripture. Matthew 4, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax booth and said to him, follow me. And Matthew rose and followed him. Matthew chapter 10, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Matthew 16, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Mark chapter 10, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, this is the rich ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? Jesus looked at him and said, hey, one thing you lack, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. To one man that was talking to Jesus, Jesus said to him, hey, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father first. Now, what we know about that conversation is that man's father had not died. What he was saying is, let me, let, let me get all my affairs into order and then I will follow you. Jesus says, no, before you get all your stuff in order, come and follow me now. John chapter 1, it says the next day as Jesus decided to go to Galilee, he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And what I love about that story is then Philip went and got Nathaniel and said, you need to follow him with me. And Nathaniel did. In John chapter 8, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and I love this and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
John chapter 12, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. John 21, after his resurrection, Jesus was having that conversation with Peter on the back end of his denial of him. Three times he asked him, hey, Peter, do you love me? Three times Peter said yes. Three times Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he looked at him and he said, follow me. Then Jesus turned his attention to John and he was talking about him. Another disciple was like, hey, what's going to happen to that guy? Jesus said to him in John 21, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is it that to you? But to that guy, he looked out and said, you follow me. Church, I don't know if I can be any clearer. The greatest thing you can ever do in your life is to follow after Jesus. And you need to ask yourself, am I a follower of Christ? Forget about Sunday school, forget about a missions committee, forget about a missions trip, forget, forget about um, going around the world and telling someone else about Jesus. Your greatest question you need to ask before you decide to do any of that stuff is to say, am I a follower of Christ? That is your first step. That was my first step. But I believe there are a number of people here as you've taken that step. You have followed after Jesus. You are known by God. But I believe you have a next step. And your next step is you really need to have following Jesus conversations. I made that up this week, which is why it doesn't really sound that good. We need to have conversations with people about what it looks like to follow after Jesus. I mean, be completely honest. If you were to walk up to someone just on the street today and say, um, hey, are you a Christian? What are most people going to say? Yes. I mean, I realize I'm a little bit further north than I've lived most of my life. The further south you get, you actually get something at birth that says, hey, I need to say yes to that question. I mean, it's, it's kind of wild. There aren't a whole lot of non-Christians the further south you go. But it's because there aren't a lot of people that aren't, man, people that have no problem saying that. See, I don't want to have just conversations with people about, hey, have you attached this title to your name? No, I want to look at people and say, hey, are you following after the one worth following after? We need to be able to have those kind of Jesus conversations. We can call them all kinds of things. We've called them gospel conversations. We've called them spiritual conversations. We call them Jesus conversations. Man, what does it look like to have a following Jesus conversation? You know, if I were to take a poll of the room. Some of you are a little long in the tooth. You've been at this church thing for a while. Maybe you've participated in various evangelism strategies over the years. Do we have any evangelism explosion people? Any EE people in the room? Do we have any Romans Road people in the room? Do we... Some of you aren't responding. <laughs> Do we have any faith evangelism strategies people in the room? Anybody in here going, I've done all those? I mean, you just keep raising your hand. Brandy likes to do one step of um, one, one verse evangelism as she talks about the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ as she walks people through that verse. There are a lot of different ways you can have spiritual conversations. And one that's kind of come up over the last three years that I think a number of you have done is the three circles conversation. Anybody, any three circles people in the room? You know, one of the things we get to do here at church is we get to speak truth, but we also get to equip people to take truth outside the walls of this church. 
Can, can I be honest? When you go through life, you are as fully capable of telling someone about Jesus as Pastor Greg is, as Pastor Ryan is, as I am, as Pastor Mulvaney is, as Pastor Eddie Paul. You are as capable. You know why? Because it's not pastors that have been called to tell people about Jesus. It is Jesus' followers who have been called to tell people about Jesus. See, this is what the, 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 the three circles thing looks like. This is going to handle the people that ask this, themselves the question, am I a follower of Jesus, that say either yes or no. And it begins with this. In the beginning, God created a world without blemish. And from the get-go, God's design was perfect. There was no sin in this world. But one day, people chose to step out of the will of God and do things their way. A lady named Eve and a dude named Adam. Both of them sinned against God. They chose to do life their way instead of doing God's instead of doing life God's way. And that drastically altered the course of this world that we live in. See, when people are now born, they're born into a broken world. And I don't know about you, it's not very hard to see that the world is broken. Just read the top three headlines on your favorite news app. And for the most part, you're just going to see devastation. I can open up my phone today and I can see devastation that's happening here in Illinois and devastation happening over in China. It's not hard for me to see that the world is broken. And when we live in a broken world or we find things that are broken, what is our desire to do with those broken things? We want to take broken things and we want to do what? We want to fix them. And so when we find ourselves going through life, we try to fix our brokenness, but we try to oftentimes fix our brokenness on our own. We do that through relationships. We try to fix our brokenness through our jobs. Maybe we try to have a, ha have a hobby that, that brings happiness into our life. We, we try to fix the brokenness with things, but we find ourselves just being more and more broken. You can't fix your brokenness. And that is maddening to us as humans because we want to fix things. But when it comes to you, only one can fix your brokenness. And his name is Jesus. See, this is the gospel. This is the good news. For God so loved you that he sent his son to die a horrific death on a cross so that you won't die, but instead you can spend an eternity in the presence of a holy God. That fix to your broken has been provided, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. There must be a time in your life to where you repent from the direction that you're going and you turn to Jesus and nowhere else. Nowhere else will fix that broken 
And the moment that you cry out to God and say, God, I'm a sinner in desperate need of salvation. God, I confess my sins to you. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, therefore making you righteous in his eyes. Not making you right because of you or because of me, making us right in spite of who we are. See, I can be seen as righteous before a holy God because of the grace that has saved me. When God looks at me, the righteousness, the righteousness that he sees is his righteousness. But that's not where the story ends. For the rest of our lives, as we follow after Jesus... We should try to live in our, our lives in such a way to where we continue to pursue God's design. God's design is one of where he is glorified. From the moment that sin came into the earth, God's plan was a plan of redemption, not a plan trying to tear people down. God is constantly in the business of drawing people to him. Fixing the brokenness that they have and fixing it in a way that only he can. See, for some people here this morning, I believe that you are sitting in the broken circle. You're trying to fix your life your way. And the, the truth is, is there is only one fix that can fix you, and that's Jesus. This morning, you can go from being someone who's not following to someone who is following in a moment's breath to cry out to God and say, God, save me. For some of you in this room, that, that first natural step in, the life that, in your life that you need to take is one of going public with your faith. Man, God, I've followed after you, but I haven't let the world know around me and to go public with your faith and to follow him in believer's baptism. But for others in this room who you're following after Jesus, instead of asking yourself this first question, am I a follower of Jesus? Am I following after him? You need to ask yourself this second question, Am I helping people follow Jesus? Because isn't that what we should want to do? Isn't that kind of our aim in life? I mean, I don't want to help people have their best life possible. I want to help people follow Jesus. Knowing that in that moment, they can have the best life possible. I don't want to fix people's brokenness with my solutions. Now, I want to fix people's brokenness with the one true solution, and his name is Jesus. Two questions in front of you this morning. Are you following Jesus? And if so, are you helping follow, people follow Jesus? If you're not following Jesus here this morning, I'd, in just a little bit, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to help you know what it means to follow after him. But for anybody else in the room that's like, man, Kirk, I am following Jesus. I just need to, I need help helping people follow Jesus. You know, I'd like to talk to you about that as well. 
So may in this time it be an opportunity for us to respond to the Lord. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes as we prepare for our time of response. And I put those two questions in front of you. Are you following Jesus? And if so, are you helping people follow Jesus? Father, I don't think there's anyone here in this room this morning that gets to bypass those questions. For Father, even if there are people here this morning who are helping people follow Jesus, we could always do more. We're constantly surrounded by people who are in desperate need of you because they are broken. But God, you're the solution to their problem. So Father, I pray over this room right now. God, if there's anyone here this morning who is not following after you, I pray here in just a moment, as we stand to sing, that God, they won't hesitate, they won't wait, they'll just walk down, grab my hand, and say, I want to follow Jesus. And God will rejoice. Father, may we fix our eyes wholly on you. God, to you be the glory, great things you have done. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's I-B-C-B-E-N-T-O-N dot com.